All right, everybody. Welcome back to a special edition of the Voice by Matt podcast. My name is Matt Bertho, and I'm your host, along with my co-host, Billy Bearden. Hello. Billy Bearden. Nice to be here. Hey, Billy. Yeah. On one of my favorite podcasts, Three of Seven podcasts. Yeah. They uh, did an interview today with this dude named Eli running for Senate in Arizona. Oh. The, he referenced C.S. Lewis today. I, I enjoy C.S. Lewis. I know you do. That's yeah. why I brought it up. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So I'm going to take these headphones off. And so today we have a question and answer podcast that Billy is going to be kind of running the show. Very facilitate. And then uh, it looks like all the students that we, th- we hoped were going to show up, we had one show up today. Yeah. Mark Thompson. Oh, man. Say Master hi, Mark. Mark. What's going on, everybody? And, of course, we have Josiah on the camera, as well as Bree running social media. Um, so today we have a question and answer podcast based on uh, questions that my choir family, the Winfield High School choir students, have asked me about the 29029 Everstein experience. That we just that I just got back from in Utah mm-hmm. last Sunday, so a week a week ago today, yeah. I was on the plane coming home. Yeah, mm. and I'll give a shout out to Billy right now for helping run the show Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Never easy. You had some good help. Well, I had some great help. Would you like to give them a shout out? Yeah, I would like to shout Go out. Go for it. Um, well, Bree Seelig over here, she was great. Uh, a gal named Sydney Sisk. Yeah. She was great. She's great. Um, and, uh, Josiah Stevenson. He was also a big help. About Brie. Did you already say Brie? I said Brie. Yep. Number one. Number one. All right. Well, Sydney's probably going to have something to say about that. You're both number one. You're all number one. Can anybody be both number one? Sure. Why not? So two people can be both number one. Yeah. I'm going to, you know what? I haven't done this on the podcast yet. I hope that comes through on the, on, that's a monk bowl. All right. So this is going to be kind of a, a fun little podcast because I realized uh, my, my family, my, my brother-in-law and my father-in-law, I'm in their fantasy football on Yahoo. And so... <laughs> It looks like uh, at 3.30 we start our draft, and I'll be doing the question and answer while we do it, because that's going to be fun. That's, yep, it's important. So I got fourth pick, and uh, you know who I'm going for. Tom Brady. No. Oh, yeah, he has COVID now, so. So, yeah, hot off the press, Billy Bearden. Did you check that on the Twitter? I read it on uh, the the Facebooks. Facebook had that? I don't know. I saw it on CNN, I think. It was somewhere on the internet. So Tom Brady, that's too bad. That I feel too bad. so I sad for that. Okay. That's yeah. so bad for him. <laughs> it's hard to feel bad for Tom. Brady. I will not be picking Tom Brady. At least that's not that's not my that's not my uh, intention. I will be looking for a guy named Patrick Mahomes. Oh, that guy. Yeah, he's decent. He's all right. I mean, he's no Aaron Rodgers, but oh, (laughs) easy. I know the guy that signed Aaron Rodgers. How about that? You do. That was the most impressive part of your trip for me. 
Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Brandt, stud. Mm-hmm. He is a stud, dude. He 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 uh he was warrior on that mountain with me yeah, and, with yeah. Nathan and Barry yeah. and Greg. Wow. All That's right. Crazy. So I I guess you know let's get this rolling. Uh, my my draft isn't gonna be for a little bit. So uh, what's the first question, Billy? What you got? Do you want to go with the with the list, or is there are there some live? Well, I mean. Or? I think we'll we'll save Mark. We'll save Mark. We'll save Mark, okay. Well, the first question that I have here is from, tell me if I mispronounce this, Rhiannon. That was perfect. I want to say Rhiannon. I don't know why. That's really sophisticated to say it that way. But Rhiannon Rhiannon. asks, Rhiannon, what were you feeling when you crossed the finish line? I was was super pumped. But Mm. also, it was kind of anticlimactic because we finished... At 3.53 a.m. And nobody was around. <laughs> nobody was there cheering us on except for the workers uh-huh. that were on the camera taking video. And then I gave my phone to somebody. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, the, it was, it was kind of, I mean, I knew I was going to finish. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty cool to put the red hat on. Um, Mark, where's that red hat? Where'd you put it? Oh, yeah. Right here. Right here. So you can't buy this. You can only earn it. So this red hat that I'm putting on right now, I was even told from the CEO, it's my turn to draft right now. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, look at all these people. You know what? They they left one guy that I'm drafting right now. Patrick Mahomes and Matt Bertho. Hey, how about that? So that feels good. So yeah, the hat... Like, as much money as Patrick Mahomes makes... He doesn't have the hat. He can't... He, no, he can't buy no, the hat. He's got to earn it on the mountain. Yep. So, Patrick, if you listen to this, <laughs> you want this red hat, you're going to have to earn it. Mountain. And Th- no amount of money times. is going to make me get rid of this red hat. Mm. That would be a challenge, dude. Yeah. If Patrick rolled in, he's like, Matt, would you, you, would you take... I want your hat. I want your hat. How much would you take for your hat? That was a terrible Patrick Mahomes impression, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Thanks, no, Mark. No, thanks. Is that what he sounds like? Does he sound like Gravel? It kind of does. He kind of sounds like Batman. No, he doesn't. Oh, does Batman's he? way more intimidating. A lot of people equate him Patrick to uh, Kermit the Frog. So nice. Kermit the Frog. Eh, it doesn't sound like Kermit. Really? Yeah, I've heard that a lot. Um, people like they've made like memes and stuff jealous. all over where it's like they think he's Kermit the Frog. Nah. You're not Kermit. No, I don't. I don't hear it. So, I'll say it. um, yeah, Nathan and I we rolled in. I ran that last part in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, mm. was, it was good. I had a blast, man. The the music they I were playing. They were playing. Yeah. We are the champions. Did that help? Yeah. That made that made the. Exp- it's the- better than like uh, wake me up before you go go. <laughs> You want to want some, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, can't think of it now. Yeah. That's a good song, though. Wake me up before you go. That's Wham. That's George Michael. George Michael. And the guy, the guy that nobody knows his name. Yeah, the other guy. The yeah. other guy. All right. So anyway. who we got? What we got next? Uh, next question. Sage Cook asks, how much did you have to prepare your mental state for this? Hmm. So mental state, 
I mean, not that much because Mm -hmm. I've been kind of on this journey the last four years and, you know, Billy's known me for Mm -hmm. 18 years. He knows I don't give up. Mm -hmm. He knows, you know, I'm not going to quit. You know, we, we start a project we see it through. You said something this past week. What I someone said. asked you if you trained for this, and you said, you said something like, "Well, I've been training for the past ten years, or, or something like." It's like a root, like training is like your routine. Yeah, that's what you do every day. You know, I think in November, when Ben Newman called me out over DMs on IG, mm-hmm. so DMs direct messages over Instagram for the people that don't know what that means. Um, Ben Newman is the mental coach for Alabama football and K-State football, and he has this program called the Unrequired Workout, which is 10 different exercises with a 20-pound vest. Oh, it looks like somebody snagged Travis Kelsey from me. Hmm. That's a bunch of crap. All right. I'm going to take Mr. Barkley. Boom. So anyway, back to the story. Charles Barkley? No, I can't say his name. Saquon? Saquon Barkley? Oh. For the Giants? I don't know. Oh, he's legit. Yeah? He knows what he's doing. Is Mark like the sidekick over here? Yes, he is. I I love having Mark here. What? Well, Mark ran 30 miles with me. That was legit. That was hard. (laughs) That was hard to do. (laughs) That had to have been hard, yeah. (laughs) I mean, July. Right? Or June? June 20th. I mean, it was hot. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, man. We should start at four. (laughs) So anyway... What I was saying is that Ben called me out in November and said, if you really want to get in shape, have you done the unrequired workout? And I said, yeah, once. And he said, <laughs> this is Coach Ben. He said, if you, like, you really want to get in shape and you've only done it one time? And I was like, oh, man, this coach is calling the coach out right now. He's calling me out. He works with Alabama, man. Mm. So I, I was like, all right, I'll do it. Like, what, what do I need to do here? So I did it for a while, and then mm. it got a little easy. About 70 days in, it got a little easy. And so um, I had to pivot. And uh, what I did was I put the 20-pound vest on. And when I put the 20-pound vest on, that changed the game. And so, you know, often, like, I did it consecutively for like 100 and some days, and then we ran the 30-miler. I did not do it that day, and so I had to start over at 1. And so then I did it probably another 100 days or so wearing the vest. So 10 exercises. Let's see if I can rattle them off real quick. 250 air squats, 20-pound vest. So I added, Billy, a lot. six pull-ups in between or after each exercise. So you made the unrequired even more unrequired? Correct. Have you told uh, Ben this? Mm, I think I might have mentioned it. Okay. Yeah. But my hands are definitely wrecked, but they're strong now. As you can see on the YouTube video, they're kind of wrecked. But... You know, I wear my full gear, uh, sweatpants, Mm. not sweatpants, long underwear, sweatshirt with my headband, doing the unrequired. 250 air squats, pull-ups, 4-minute, 44-second plank, front plank, pull-ups. 
back plank, four minute, 44 second pull-ups, 44 push-ups times two rounds. We do two rounds of that mm-hmm. pull-ups, six pull-ups after that, after every round. Okay. I think everybody's getting the idea. The pull-ups come out there. Yeah. 250 jumping jacks. Okay. Pull-ups. Then four sets of four different abs that I do. So like crunches, side to sides, through the legs, and then the leg things, you go up and then out, up and out. So 44 of those. Okay. Then six pull-ups. Man, this draft is going fast. And then, uh, uh, hold on, hold on, everybody. Here we go. So then, um, let's go with uh, go with this guy. I don't even know who he is. Anyway, mm-hmm. sit ups, pull ups, and then I do forty four second on the echo bike. Four rounds of that. That sucker is tough. Rogue echo bike. If you want to kick your booty, <laughs> that's the one. My heart rate goes, John, it goes about to 160 and then it dies down about 140, 130. Mm. So, uh, then I do 44 second wall sits, pull-ups, 44 arm curls, pull-ups, and then four sets of 44 calf raises, pull-ups. So I do that in addition to my morning run of about three miles. And I've done, I did that for about a hundred days or so before I went to uh, Utah, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's the train I did. No, it's like it's a challenge just to remember everything that <laughs> you were supposed to do. Yeah, dude, it's hard. <laughs> it's real hard. Like, yeah, it's it's uh this this that routine. You know, not for the meek for sure. Like yeah. Nate Lee, he does it with me. He's going to New York mm-hmm. Wednesday. Did you know that? Yeah, I did know that. No. How awesome is that? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. He's an awesome dude. He is an awesome dude. I'm proud of him, dude. Mm-hmm. He's he's living the dream. Well, show. Um. So uh, next question. I'm ready for the next question. Oh, uh, number three. Let's see. We got um, Aisha Peppers. Ooh, asks, Aisha. How did you feel mentally after the experience? Unstoppable. I felt like I could just do anything after that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, You know, when you have breakdowns in life, like I did, like on five, I cramped up, a big old blister on the back of my foot. Um, You know, when you have those kinds of things happen, Mm -hmm. you, and you know this, because you've been in a lot of physical pain before too, you have a choice. You can quit, hang it up, Mm -hmm. go to the recovery room, or you can push through. Yeah. And, you know, listening to the talks on Thursday night, I was like, how's this really going to play out? Right. Mm-hmm. How's this? Am I going to have to go to the recovery room? I'm, I'm not planning on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, thank God for the recovery room, Jeremiah and Nicole from stretched. Oh, yeah. Like they, I'm sure, <laughs> you know, after five, I changed my shoes out. I was wearing these ultra hiking shoes and I changed them out for my ultra paradigms, mm-hmm. my running shoes. Now it's a big game changer, um, but it it was uh, it was hard, dude. Like it was hard to to take the time. But we took a lunch, so we took a thirty minute break at uh, that round five. But yeah. I ran down to my tent. It was like point seven five away, and yeah. changed my socks out, changed my shoes out. The blister. I probably shouldn't have done this. I took off the skin of the blister. I don't think you're supposed to do that. 
Okay. But I went up to the recovery room and they uh, they got me all fixed up. Good. Um, I'm glad they were there. <laughs> so after five, at the top of six, I got goosebumps. I got I got in a flow state from like six to eleven, mm-hmm. and then on twelve, uh, my vision started going out. But then we got down to the base and they put the red bib on us, and I felt like a superhero. And we finished thir- we finished thirteen like champs. Yeah. I mean, there's more to the story, but there's way more questions that we have to get through, too. Okay, so... What you got? Uh, McKenna Roark asks, uh, would you say this had made you into a better leader? If so, why? So, I knew going into this that there was definitely going to be uh, a definite elevation in change, hopefully, for me. Yeah. as a person um and i think being a leader in life it's important for students that are that answer that ask these questions yeah. um for them to see their coach or their teacher or their mentor do the things that they preach and you know i i talk a lot i talk a lot about mental toughness i talk a lot about doing hard things mm-hmm. and pushing through and I think for them to see it actually go down, that that was a giant um, exclamation mark on the statements that I do make in class now. Yeah, for sure. I think it definitely backs up the backs up the things that I say in a big way. Um, you know, I think that working with um students every day trying to inspire them trying to be the guy that helps them see their potential and now hopefully is going to help them move through into their potential you know billy and i are lucky to watch this happen for 4 years with students that start with us as freshmen mm-hmm. but as a leader you know, it's very humbling what I went through on that mountain. The pain, even now, still the pain in my right foot with the freaking mm. blister. It's a reminder. <laughs> um, but I still did my, I still do my workouts. I did every workout this week. Um, I put the vest back wow. on. Yeah. Um, you know, because after a while, the pain goes away. And then you get to go into some really cool stuff, the kind of the unknown um so yeah man it it really took me to another level i feel of mental toughness and what's possible for me as a human mm-hmm. to achieve now yeah i think a big part of it as a leader and as a student doing things is staying in the game not getting uh sidetracked with distractions because there was a lot of distractions man i could have went totally into the lodge and just you know hung it up for the day after eight or nine and put my feet in the sleeves and get a massage and eat all the food but i made a i made a goal to to finish it without sleep to go straight through and that's what nathan and i did yeah you're rough (laughs) i what other what other questions you have you know what let's go mark now yeah Oh man, I have a list. Oh, um, a list. 
Well, it's just two, but I wanted to make sure I had them right. Okay. Well, that that's two not a list. two thoughts. <laughs> so, how does Everest equate to like other physical challenges that you have like done or overcome, such as the marathon back in June? Um, Everesting was definitely. Uh, I'm not gonna say it's the hardest. Because I feel like, because it was the first thing, the 48 hours Goggins challenge was harder for me because it was the first crazy, crazy thing, kind of an ultra that I've ever done in my life. Um, I think with the marathon, I mean, you were with me on that. You know how I was uh, throughout. You know how I was at the end, which was what? Man, like, it was, we were on fire, but, like, just absolute, like, destroyed in every way. So, like, the last six miles, talk, talk, to, the, talk to the audience about the last six miles of our first marathon. Yeah, so for our marathon, we had water that we planted, like, every, you know, two or three miles. And through these last six miles, um, and then, like, the other two, it had... Um, because we went like 26 and then we had two more for 28. So for like those last six to eight miles, there was absolutely like zero water. We ran, we were like starting to run low on like, you know, the beans, like we had energy beans and stuff like that. But we were starting to run low on absolutely everything. Yeah, we did. And now that, that got a little, that got a little, uh, a little scary. Because <laughs> yeah. Mark, we're like... I don't know, four miles away, three miles mm-hmm. away from 26. What what'd you say, Mark? Man, I I still remember Mark this. started to get a little broken. I, I said, Bertho, once I make it to the end, I'm passing out. And Bertho says back, no, you're not. Nope. And it was like, I had, I had Bertho, the angel over here. And then the I angel? Like, what? Like, like the angel and then like the devil on the other shoulder, like telling me it's okay, just pass out. Give oh up. boy, I'm glad, man. I'm glad he didn't pass out. Yeah, me too. That yeah, I remember that, dude. Scared. I was had, I was coaching you up. I was like, you know, we've made it this far, dude. And what? Well, then what I tell you when we're getting close to my house? Um, brought up the idea we should do another two miles. Because uh, by the time you would make well, it back to his house, it'd be 28. What did I make appeasing to you on that? Remember? There, oh, um, there, there was a there was a something at the end yes. to kind of give you some, some life. So um, along Bertha's route, there is a cherry tree that whenever... Real um, cherry tree, like the good tart cherries. Oh my goodness. Not those crappy <laughs> sweet guys that you get at the store, man. Mm, the real shit. deal. Keep going. Um, were, they, were the cherries good? Oh my gosh. Like, after, because at that point we had done 29. Once you make it to 29, um, and obviously we had gotten water once we got back to Bertha's house, but like, those cherries, um, man, like that specific time, they might have been the like, best. Oh yeah, elixir of ever. life in that moment. <laughs> really worth it. It was totally worth the extra two miles. For real. It really was. So anything, anyway, back to your question. Everstein was the hardest endurance thing I've probably ever done in my life. I would say next to that, I think a close, I mean, I think it's in the same ballpark. I'm not going to say first or second, but I think that the Goggins 48 
Because Mark did that also. Man. And Mark, how old are you, bro? Uh, I'm 16. 16 years old. He, he already did the 48 Goggins. Impressive. He did yeah. the 30-miler the with me, which, Mark, did I tell you that we were literally like one point something miles away from finishing a 50K? Wait, what? How far is a 50K? It's like 31 point something. Bree, look it up. Bree's on the spot over there. Yeah, dude. Like, we were like so close to a 50K. But you know what? We still hit the 30, though. I know, and, but. Man. Oh, no. Boy, 31 miles, Mark. We had one more we mile. We had one more mile. Is that it? 31? 31 miles to get a 50K. So you know what's next. I'm not supposed to talk about this. Dean told me not to talk about it. Uh -huh. I'm not supposed to talk about what's next right now. Okay. I'm supposed to savor this moment. Yep. So, but anyway, you know what's next. 50K. Now, when that's going to happen, hmm, don't know. Not next Saturday. I, if, if Chad and Chili listen to this, I had a plan this morning. I didn't tell anybody about it. I didn't even tell my wife about it this morning. That I, I looked at the airlines to get me to Rome, Georgia. So it'd fly me to Atlanta from Wichita. Mm -hmm. I'd get in there on Saturday, check in in Rome, Georgia, and run a 50K. And then come back on Sunday. <laughs> and then Dean, before I, before I brought it up to Dean today, he was like, Matt, you need to savor the moment. Don't go out and do, don't plan the next thing right now. And I was smiling the whole time he was saying it. I was like, <laughs> man, it's like he read my mind. That's why you're my coach, bro. Because uh, yeah. if he wouldn't have said that, I would have been on a plane. <laughs> I would have made it work. Yeah. So that's a good question, Mark. That was a good question. Oh, man. For so, sure. yeah. So, 22 hours is what Everstein, I'm going to say, is like 21, 40, or 50 something. We started at 6 a.m., we finished about uh, 3.50 something. So, next question. Marker Mark, for marker. Oh, Mark's yeah. question. Okay. Yep. Um, so were you scared at all? Um, just like, you know, leaving the choir up to Billy and the rest of the program? No. That was your question? Hmm? That was for real your question? It's just a question. Oh, this is a... You just came up with that one. No, man. My team is solid. Billy's solid. We, we made it through. Yeah. Sydney, Bree, Josiah, Mark. Like every, all, all the cabinet leaders, like we had a cabinet meeting. That's our leadership of the choir program. Well, how many people were there, Bree? Like 30, 30 on a Friday at the end of the day, these yeah. kids are showing up because we've got a plan blue and white starry night out, outdoor concert. They're pretty cool. They're pretty cool. Yeah. They're pretty cool. They're real cool, man. They're tough. They're tough. Yep. They're getting tougher. So yeah, of course we got it. We got to pause it, Josiah. Tell me when. All right, and we're back. That was quick. It was fast. They didn't even know that we, that we even changed anything, did they? All right. So next question, Billy. Uh, Levi Maybrier asks, "How did you? How did your mindset change during the climb?" 
I mean, it unlocked parts of me that I did not even know existed. Because, you know, I'll be honest, I'm 44 years old, and you get to certain ages, and you're like, man, do I still have it in the tank? Mm-hmm. And that's something that Jesse Itzler said to us uh, during our meeting on Thursday, or on Friday morning, empty the tank. Empty the tank on the mountain. So the fact that I could coherently talk the way that I did at the end of 12 and at the end of 13 tells me I didn't completely empty the tank, Billy. I'm hungry for more. Would they have let you done more? They would have. Yeah. They would have. Next time. Well, you can, you so you get 36 more. hours. That yeah. thought crosses my mind, right? Just do as many as you Just can. do as many as you can in, in 36, 36 hours. hours. Yeah. So then would, I, would my tank be empty? All right. Yeah, maybe. So, Probably. So my, my, my plan for next time is uh, to actually, on the straightaways, run them. Just run the straightaways. Or even mm. the, the, the slight inclines. Try to improve your time. Yeah. Because yeah. I think I could shave like two hours off of it okay. if, I, if I just run the... Uh, run, run the... Uh, the straightaways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's what I learned about that. Uh, Kelsey McNutt asks, was there ever a time you wanted to give up? And if so, what did you tell yourself to keep pushing through? I think uh, on five, my inside thighs started cramping. Mm-hmm. And then my whole left side of my abdomen cramped up on me mm. on the ground, put my socks on That's not good. at the base yeah. of the mountain. And there was a brief moment where I was like, oh, no. But it was like that long. It was like that long that, that I even thought, am I, am I going to be able to finish this if I cramp out right mm-hmm. now? I mean, and I, and I didn't have any issues. So I think... You know, for me, the action of the steps, of taking the steps on the mountain, the action of actually doing it, you don't have an out to quit by taking the action forward, sideways, back, whatever you have to do. All right. Something that Chad Wright said on Thursday night at the speeches was, it's done. And so you need to believe and have faith. That this thing, in your case, climbing a freaking mountain for 36 hours, is done. And so if you believe it and have faith that it's done, you're not going to quit. And I, I believed it. I had faith in that. And it worked. So, you know, I, 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 there was no way I was going to stop. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if I rolled my ankle, even if I tweaked my knee, like... I, I was going to finish that sucker. So yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how I felt. Next. Uh, Josiah Stevenson asks, uh, did this teach you anything about yourself that you didn't know? And if so, what was it that it taught you? It taught me that there's way more inside of me than I thought there was. Mm-hmm. It taught me that... I can push myself to a level that I didn't think was there 
Yeah. Honestly, oh, twenty-two hours, bro. Yeah. And I was, and I was still had more. Mm-hmm. I had more in the tank. Mm-hmm. So there's a part of me that wants to find that threshold, that wants to find that breaking point, because I think it's important for all of us, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, for, to find breaking points. Yeah. Because you break through them. On a, the better. Yeah, and then you get to the other side, yeah. which is the unknown, which is the coolest part. Yeah. Good question. I like that question. Uh, Reese Isom asks, did you ever feel like backing out in the days, hours before you left? No. I, w- <laughs> I was so ready to go. You already know that, His Billy. expression. I was ready to go. expression said it all. <laughs> I was ready to go, like, last month. <laughs> yeah. You so know you, that. You never had a moment where you thought, eh... Okay. I mean, when maybe we, I don't need to do this. Okay, so when we're in line at yeah. six a.m. Yeah. and Jesse Itzler is in front of us, and freaking lose yourself instrumental instrumental track is is busting out on the speakers, yeah. and I'm wearing this silly little light on my head that I've never I've never worn a little light on my head, like a miner's light. Yeah, and I have these trekking poles mm-hmm. that I have never used in my entire life. They kind of, Chad showed us kind of how to use them, but I still didn't really know what I was doing. Yeah. So when you, when you have that moment where you look around and it looks like in the dark, like everybody's so pro, everybody looks so pro, everybody looks like they've done this a million times. And then there's me right, looking like a fish out of water. Uh And then I start climbing with these trekking poles. And it's awkward. Like I was a, like an awkward baby deer, like going up the mountain. Uh-huh. And it wasn't until like after five that I started to find my groove with the trekking poles. Mm-hmm. So my tempo going up the mountain was like boom, 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 boom. Round six through 11, when I got the trekking poles and I was in flow state, superhero mode, mm-hmm. it was this doom, 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 up the mountain. Mm-hmm. And that tempo did not stop until I got broken at 12 when my vision started going out and Nathan and I had to literally sit down at the first station mm. and figure out what are we going to do to get back in the game. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good question too. Uh, Elicope asks, do you think the experience made you and Nathan become closer that's a good question i like that yes for sure nathan saw there was some bonding oh yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, there was lots of teamwork lots of lots of encouragement um lots of preparation lots of talking back and forth like we, we we made it a plan at the beginning to constantly check in on each other and at the beginning you know that's easy to say that right but as you go deep like nine lap, tenth lap, eleventh lap. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that I got on his nerves, cause, cause, cause uh, he, you know, he's back there doing his thing, yeah. And I'm like trying to, you know, encourage everybody around me, and he's doing a good job with that too. Mm-hmm. But you know, there were multiple times where he was in a different, complete space, in pain threshold and working through it, and I was right. in a completely different pain and threshold place but at that moment on 12 when we sat down brother bond was on fire both in the same space same space oh yeah we were broke yeah broken (laughs) 
And so we got those ramen noodles at the top of the uh, top of the mountain. Yeah. We got the Advil. I rocked 180 milligrams of caffeine, and we were down the gondola. Uh, the old ramen coffee Advil meal. It yeah. pow- it's a, it was a power trip. Like yeah. it powered me through. Yeah. But yeah, like Nathan and I, we we still we we're still trying to, you know, process the information. Um, you know, he's he's such a stud, such a tough dude. Mm-hmm. You know, special ops Air Force dude, and oh, you know yeah. me, vocal music teacher of eighteen years at Winfield High School. Yeah, yeah, we're we're quite I, the combo. It's kind of like being in combat at Winfield High School <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Sometimes. Bree Selig asks, how do you feel about bananas? Boy. <laughs> I saw... I, I'll say this, Billy. Uh-huh. I saw your bananas in your room today. I kind of felt bad that I, I put a bunch of bananas in I there. wanted to throw them on the ground and <laughs> smash them. Because I got so sick of bananas yeah. oh. with uh, honey. Yeah. I mean, it was essential. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It was totally essential. You just essential. had to eat so many of them. But... I had to eat them all the time, man. It was yeah. like, it was wild <laughs> how many bananas I had to eat. Bree didn't actually ask that. I just, that was more of a Billy question. Yeah. I just yeah. I wanted to hear the response. I'm done, um, with, I'm done with those bananas. Mike Greenlee. Has two questions. Oh, of course he does. From start to end, how did you feel about the climb? That's the first question. Miley Cyrus' song. Yeah, you can share your thoughts on that too. Great song. I love that song. Good song. Uh, I felt like I rocked the climb. I felt like I got to a point where I knew what the corners and every rock I was going to step on. I knew the same route. I started making my route. On the mountain, I started making it more efficient every time that I did it. Now the game changer mm-hmm. is when it got dark. When it got dark. Oh, when it got dark. Okay. When it got dark, and yeah. you just had your light to rely on, which oh, be tough. silly me, I knew there were two lights, but for probably two or three laps, it was one light. I didn't even push the two light thing. Well, I forgot about it. Okay. Yeah. So then it's like your vision starts going out and you're like, man, I got to figure this out. What's going on? Oh so the climb, scary. you know, it, it's, there's a reason why people climb mountains, man. It's a good metaphor for life. Like mm-hmm. there's a reason why at the top of the mountains, Billy's going to like this reference, that loads of prophets were given amazing information at the top of mountains. That's interesting. Yeah. Because, you, you know, it's a good metaphor for climbing pushing through the pain mm-hmm. elevating yourself like there's yeah. so many yeah uh mike a second question is what did you feel the most as you finished the last round i think i was kind of disbelief that it was over i was kind of mm. honestly a little bit Reset. sad it was over Reset. yeah i was happy i finished i but i knew i was gonna finish so I was trying to feel all the feelings and the moments of finishing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, for me, the most important moments of the, the, the mountain were my breakdowns at lap five mm-hmm. and lap 12. I learned more about myself in those breakdowns than I did finishing the mountain for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. So, the, you know, finishing the mountain, it's kind of like you finish a project. 
the final product never really tells the whole story in the most important parts of the story. Yeah. The most important parts of the story was, was all the, the trials and the suffering and the pain that we went through yeah. to get the final product. And the journey, yeah. The hero's journey. The hero's journey. Right. Uh, Penefit fam from Instagram. That's oh, fun that, to, that's, uh, that's, that's fun to say. That's Gabriella. Uh, Gabriella asks, what was the easiest moment for you? Hmm. That's a good question. The easiest moment was the next day going into recovery room and just <laughs> taking my time in there. That was the yeah, easiest choice. Good. Like there was nothing hard about that. Um, I think another easy moment there, there was this 10 foot, like 12 foot drop on the mountain every time. Oh, you get to, that was pretty easy. Go down. Yeah. You got yeah. to go down a little bit. 12 it's feet though, bro. Gravity on that one. 12 feet. That's feet, it. Did you jump it? No. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's silly. Uh, uh, final question I have here is from uh, Jocelyn Bonnell. She asks, what are the mental and physical steps that you took to prepare for the climb? Well, I think we've kind of answered that already, but okay. I will say my morning routine is literally four or five hours long. And I'm not, I'm not blowing that out of proportion. It is what it is. Um, it starts with gratitude. Mm -hmm. It starts with uh, Wim Hof breathing, doing a meditation, um, taking my supplements, writing my book, uh, reading four different books that, I, that I'm reading right now, um, and then doing my morning run, and then doing my unrequired workout right after that. Mm -hmm. And that's literally every day, like every single day. And there's a cold bath in there. Um, mm -hmm. But that mentally and physically... I found with that current routine that I'm doing, it's making me turn into the best version of me mentally and physically. And uh, I don't see myself dropping that for a long time. And I, I think with the unrequired workout, going up that mountain for me mm -hmm. that many times was unrequired. And so, you know, that being said, you have to let your body recover. Mm -hmm. But there's also active recovery. So like the next, like the Sunday on my day that I was supposed to run, I ran in the mountains three miles and it felt amazing. Mm. Um, nobody was out. Nobody was out there with me. Yeah. But <laughs> it was beautiful. And I got some really amazing shots that, uh, and video that I posted up on Instagram and Facebook. Mm. But... You know, in high school, I didn't know any of these things about me. And so with these kids, like I'm trying to get them to push the envelope of their potential and who they really are. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll keep working and give these guys maybe an opportunity to climb a mountain at some point in the future. Oh, cool. Mark will be there. I'll take that no, opportunity. I know he will. For sure. He'll finish. He'll finish 13. Oh, yeah. He'll finish Everest. No, no, no doubt, doubt about that. No doubt. Would not be surprised. Well, any other thoughts? Any thoughts? I think we're good. So I think we'll we'll probably do a smaller podcast next week. 
and maybe do some follow-up because I'm sure there's some more things that I'm going to be processing and maybe Mm -hmm. some students that didn't get to ask questions, we could put their questions in that one. Um, But it's important, like my coach said, Dean, today, to savor Savor. what I've accomplished because he knows me too well and knows that I'm (laughs) already looking at this 50K. Mm -hmm. But it's important to savor and process and journal and reflect Mm-hmm. on the lessons that I learned in those 22 hours on that mountain, especially, you know, with the whole event, like community with 29029 and, you know, Mark and Matt Burrell and Jesse and Colin and Chad and Chili, Trish, uh, Colleen, the whole team, dude, like they're A plus top notch organization. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know this isn't my last one. And I hope that, you know, to work alongside them at some capacity in the future mm-hmm. but i know for uh the end of this podcast i'm so grateful for my students so grateful for the opportunity to be able to teach them and for them to trust me to go through this journey of kind of finding myself again you know from age 40 to this point for sure it's been, you know, mm-hmm. I think I've changed almost a 180 since I was 40 to this point. Mm, yeah. As far as mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, especially my goals. My goals are way different. Mm-hmm. So to end the podcast, wherever your life is right now, I know that everybody has giant mountains around them that they think that they can't climb. But like I learned on the mountain in Utah, You have to take the first step and then you take the next step and you can't stop stepping forward, backwards, side to side. It doesn't matter. So wherever you are in your life, don't give up when you see the mountains are so high. Take the first step. Be mindful. Be purposeful. Have discipline and do the right thing. So I love you guys. See you next week. Peace.